I can take hold of your buttocks and fondle them properly. If you die here now, I swear I'll kill you. You have the roundest ass I've ever seen. My God, you have the roundest ass I've ever seen. It's Outlander Season 3. Welcome to The Center Cut. I'm Dave. And I am Michael. And today, we have finally returned to that big red-haired beauty and that old bitch that follows him around. It's Outlander Season 3. Third time's a charm, right? That's what they do say sometimes. You wanted us, I guess, and here we are. Thank you for being here. And while that alone is enough, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention, if you enjoy this and want to further the cause... Listen to some older episodes. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Teach us how to do time travel. All of those things. Any of the above. We'll forever be in debt to you. And as the first episode proves, that can go a long way. Mm-hmm. Debt. Now, David, we watched the first episode and last episode of Season 3 of Outlander. We're going to recap the middle here. But we did watch all of Season 2 in preparation. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I hate Claire. Yeah, Claire is, I know she's the protagonist. I know that it wasn't her fault that all of this happened to her, but she's kind of a jerk. I just couldn't stand the storyline through all of season two of them having to get Randall with Mary for them to have the child that eventually down the line is Frank's ancestors. Is this the hill that we're standing on with time travel? What about all the other shit that you've destroyed? No one else matters, but Frank has to exist. So we just got to make sure that we don't kill Randall yet was obnoxious to me. Yeah. A couple of notes that I had. I agree with you. Claire's a jerk. Mark me. Fergus. No. Oh, oh yeah. Fergus. That was Man. Randall is the worst person. The worst. Spoiler alert to something I'll talk about in like five minutes. I am so happy that he's dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am not one of those wankers who believes in every soul. Like, nah, eye for an eye, hammer rabbi up in this bitch. Some souls just need to be vanquished if he even had a soul. Yeah. Claire gave him a number of opportunities to remedy his soul and he didn't. So he just made it worse. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, you like the shit Sunday? Here's some shit sprinkles. Yeah, it was rough. I'm a big fan of Master Raymond, and Bhutan was a dog. Bhutan was a dog. You were correct. Oh, and Murta is the best character of the entire show. Fight me. Agreed. Don't need to fight you because he is. Oh, triple O? Sandringham's head? Woof. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. That was a rough one to watch. A lot happened in season two. Glad I was able to watch the middle, but it's time for season three. Let's do it. So as you all know... Outlander is a historical drama based on the Outlander novel series by Diana Gabaldon. Season three aired back in September of 2017. This season got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty much right in line with other seasons as well. I think season two is like a 92. And it does star, among many others, Sam Hewen, Katrina Balf. It used to star Tobias Menzies. All right, let's dive in. We have a lot to cover today and many, many questions, as always. Tell me about that first episode, big boy. Yes, sir. First episode was titled The Battle Joined. Now, season two ended with the cliffhanger of Claire coming back, 
But no, we're stuck instead with a dirty mountain of dead Scots post Culloden. Tragic. Rough. The British are roaming the heaps of wasted lives, bayoneting anybody that moves, pickpocketing, and taking any working weapons. Dark. Doogling them. But smart. We finally cut to our hunk, Jamie. He has a dead red coat atop him, and I kept screaming at my TV, close your damn eyes and act deader, please. He wasn't acting dead enough. We get interspersed memories of his part in the battle. He suffocated a dude with a clod of sod. The British are severely outweaponing our Scots. And Jamie happens upon bad old Randall in the heat of the battle. <laughs> he gets a good slice in on Jamie, but James retaliates with a crushing kidney poke. You know what annoys me? What's that? Every time in this show up till this point, Randall has overpowered Jamie. He's just like a weak white dude. And Jamie is just like this big buff boy. Like he was choking him. And he's like, there's no way Jamie would not be able to take him out. Yeah. If I ever get beat up by a man in a ponytail with a red coat, just kill me. What's the point? <laughs> But they battle on after pretty much everybody else is dead, just pathetically pushing each other slowly at this point until Randall collapses onto him and we see that he was the red coat on top of Jamie. A nice death hug. I think he's dead. He better be fucking dead. Yeah. I swear to God. So Jamie sees a rabbit, which is good luck, and then envisions a white dressed Claire asking him if he was still alive. But turns out it was Rupert. <laughs> it was Rupert. Uh, Rupert. Can you leave that in, please? I like how I disliked Rupert, Murtaugh, and Angus after watching the ends of season one, but now I know that they're just the best boys. I always didn't love Angus, but I, I liked Rupert. So we cut to 1948 Boston, not too far from where I live, and gold star man Frank and selfish Claire check out their new digs. Some weeks or months later, Claire is looking more pregnant and goes to get wood for the hearth. It's clear that this is 1948 Boston because she has such an easy time finding a place to park. It's ridiculous. <laughs> she meets her nosy neighbor, Nellie, who opines that Frank is a real keeper. Amen. Yes, we get it. Jamie is good at chess, chivalrous, and a bodacious lover, but he belongs in the past and will probably die of diphtheria before he's 55. Just get with Frank and get happy. Nah. I don't know. I just don't like Frank. There's something about him that is bothersome to me. I don't know if I have associated him with Blackjack Randall so much that like I just can't even look at him. There's just something that irks me like he's not as good as he seems to be. But he also isn't even that great. No, he's not. Listen, he's not amazing. He definitely has his flaws, but he but he is trying. Anyway, speaking of Jamie, Rupert dragged him back to some random shed and he's not doing so swell. But back to Boston again, Frank and Claire are at a work thing. Frank's boss, the Dean, is a blowhard, and he looks like a grown-up version of that kid Sherman from Rocky and Bullwinkle. That's a reference for the old heads. Guy's a tool bag, and even though Claire's right that Truman will win the presidency, he basically tells her to get back in the kitchen, you bitch. This is a part of the reason that I don't like Frank, is as much as this dude is your boss, like, stand up for your wife, you know? I agree, but... It also was 1948. That was also like a stark reality of the fact that like she goes from the past where women were treated shitty to the future where women are tr still treated shitty. And it's like, well, why? Why has this not been figured out? The guy needs to eat a dick. Back in old Scotland, the British have come <laughs> in Fergus. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Time out. Oh, I regret that joke I made so bad. Keep it in. But I, I have a million dollar Michael idea incoming, David. Great. I'm excited. Let's hear it. A porn titled The British Are Coming. The British Are Coming. But it's like C-U-M-M-I-N-G. That has to already be a thing. And it's starring Dong Revered. 
instead of Paul Revere. Dong <laughs> Revered. Oh, and you can do an entire American Revolution series like the Boston Teabag Party, the Midnight Ride, Benedict Arnold. I found my calling. Listen, the British are here. All Rupert has to do is lie and say they're not traitors and they won't have to get shot. Stupid men in their honor and pride. Yeah, and that's something that doesn't exist anymore. So it's not something you have to worry about as much now. But <laughs> in the past, it was very much like, I want to die as a soldier. And it's like, well, I'd rather just not die personally. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, the Brits give them an hour to prep for their death. And back in Boston, Claire is even more prego. Her appliances are all trash, and she channels Nelly Furtado, wishing she could fly away like a bird she sees out her window. But she gets in a big tiff with Frank because she wants to file for American citizenship, and he's like, nah, you don't need to. It then moves to how Claire won't even let him touch her or feel like the baby is theirs. She hurls an ashtray at him, but he lands the final blow. I didn't force you to come here and do this, so quit pulling back, you jerk. Yeah, I hate both of them in this whole thing. <laughs> It's annoying that Frank is pushing the subject and it's annoying that Claire is refusing to talk it out. The two of them need to communicate and be adults and figure it out. It's like it was a big part of her life. So obviously it's important to her. But at the same time, she refuses to move on. So it's like they're both are just being assholes. No, that that's the thing is they both have fair points, which is the hallmark of a great fight. But back in Scotland again, the Brits are plowing through the executions. They kill a pair of kids whose last names begin with Mick, a dude who offered to write a letter for Jamie, and then badass Cyclops himself, Rupert. I'm convinced Rupert is still alive because he's unkillable. <laughs> he got stabbed in the stomach, survived, shot in the eye. He's fine. Just pull that bullet out. I'm fine. Yeah. So of our original crew, I think it's only Jamie and maybe Murtaugh left. We don't know about Murtaugh at all. I'm yeah, annoyed that we don't hear anything about him in the first or last episode of this. No, but we have some questions that I am going to connect to him. So we'll talk about it. Ooh. But back in Boston, Frank is trying to sleep on the couch, but he's being kept awake by the ticking of a clock. Time has really ruined his life. Same, bro. <laughs> Hate the ticking of a clock. Can't stand it. Yeah. All the clocks in my house are digital. I'm like fucking hook. <laughs> so he wakes up and goes to write a letter to the reverend asking him to research Jamie. If only he could have just sent him a text that said you up. But alas, it's 1948. Claire's water breaks. Oh, snap. It won't be the last time in these episodes that she notices a pool of liquid, which results in something happening to a babe in Scotland again. It's about to be Jamie's turn to face the firing squad. But these silly Brits and their twisted idea of honor, they spare his life because he had spared the main Redcoats brother's life in season two. So now this guy can't kill him or it will besmirch the family's name. Ridiculous. They can shoot the other men standing up or let Jamie die naturally in a wagon ride. But shooting Jamie is so last summer. And he's also like, it's not just like some random dude. I mean, to that, it was Red Jamie. He is like one of the higher ups of the whole rebellion. And you're just going to let him go because he let your brother live one time two years ago. Yeah, like, but outside of this, like all the people that they're killing, they're killing just for the king they want to follow. Like, yep. so stop thinking you're holy, you red bitch. It makes no sense. But anyway, Jamie lives because he made an honorable choice in the past. Let that be a lesson to you. Put your shopping cart in the corral where it belongs. <laughs> Let that be a lesson. Your honor is purely stacked on shopping carts and what you do with them. 100%. Claire's in labor. And thank God I'm not a woman in the 40s having to pop out a baby in a goddamn twin bed you find at an orphanage. Oh, this doctor, he should have got raped by Blackjack Randall. Wow. <laughs>
<laughs> but I agree. I really hated him a lot. Yeah. Now, it comes out that Claire had had a miscarriage, but Frank is ever the sweet husband. He says, I love you, but she doesn't share the sentiment. She tries to pull a John Locke with a don't tell me what I can't do. But as always, a bunch of old white men make a decision about a woman's body and put her to sleep. We spend a last few moments in Scotland where a bloody-handed Jamie is welcomed home to Lollybrock by Jenny and Ian, and he has a cute little, am I dead? And then we close out the episode with a touching moment between new mother and father, which is quickly cut short because apparently they don't know about recessive genes in the 40s. Way to kill the vibe, nurse. Yeah. Like, you can have red hair even if the parents don't have red hair. Come on. Yeah. Do you not know about genetics? I kind of feel like a lot of DNA research was in the 60s and 70s. They didn't have 23 and Me in 1948? What the fuck? Yeah, I'm guess not. <laughs> and that was the first episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, at least Randall's dead. Episode 13, titled Eye of the Storm. We open at a pretty stark sight, which is Claire being dragged into the bottom of the ocean, tangled in some ropes, talking about how she's dead. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Cool. Good talk. <laughs> I guess that now we have a flashback or that was a, a flash forward. Whatever. We're back to her now in a carriage. She's looking stressed. The carriage is flying down the road and they they stop for a very ominous parade. I don't know. Yeah. Now, we later learn we're in Jamaica, which is way the hell out of left field. But my initial guesses when I watched through the first time were Louisiana or Haiti. So I wasn't too far off. You can tell a lot by the people that live there and the flora, the local flora. And you assumed Louisiana or Haiti. Yeah. All right. I was pretty close. I mean, Jamaica is like kind of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But as you said, this is much more tropical setting that we've seen. A young man is looking around for Claire in some room somewhere. We find out this is adult Fergus. Fergus with the come up. Woo. And his attractive wife. Good Mm -hmm. job, Fergus. Mm -hmm. You've done it. But we cut back to Claire, who is looking for someone named Ian. She finds a dead body near the slave quarters of this house. And a little dog. Is that Bhutan? I know. I thought it was Bhutan at first, too. I was like, how did Bhutan get the Jamaica? <laughs> and also, it's been 20 years. Bhutan is an immortal dog. Actually, that is a good question that I have. So I think that we know that Claire was gone for at least 20 years, right? Because her daughter was born in 1948 and she's older now. There is a part. Gala says, hey, I haven't seen you in 25 years, which it does prove that the times are basically parallel, meaning like as she experienced time in the quote unquote present, when she went back 20 years later, it was 20 years later. That would make this Fergus that we just saw like almost 40, though. No, he was. And that doesn't feel right. What are you talking about? He was like 10 in the in. He was like 12 plus 25 years. No, 20 years. 20 years. Oh, okay. Because she saw Fergus uh, like three to five years after Galus. But Jamie aged like two days. Yeah, no, Jamie does not look older. I don't get it. He's just got like three gray hairs and they're like, oh, he's 60 now. Let's make him have a ponytail and three gray hairs and that makes him look 20 years older. No, that's not how it works. But Claire's looking around for Ian, whoever that is, and gets captured by a large black man. Hercules, Hercules. Hercules, yeah. And Galus, man, she ain't looking so hot this season. No, she definitely put on the years. Yeah, the balmy weather must be Jamaican her crazy. (laughs) She definitely put on the years. She's not looking nearly as good as she was, but Claire and Jamie look great. Ian is up in the house talking to Galus. She sends him away in time for Claire to get dragged in. She doesn't want Claire to know that Ian is there. Gaylis and Claire chat for a little bit. Apparently, Jamie 
has been arrested for a murder he didn't commit, but he's done a lot of other murders, so probably tracks. <laughs> Jamie gets released after some attractive man tells Lieutenant Leonard what's up. He just like drags him through the mud. He's like, get the hell out of here, man. Now, David, imagine if we still curled the sides of our hair like these guys. You know, like <laughs> most of the ones we've seen are with wigs, right? Like these dudes are wearing wigs that have the mm. little curls. But Lieutenant Leonard, this is his hair. He's yeah. just got it that way. He wakes up every morning and spends 52 <laughs> minutes curling the side of his hair. I mean, back then, did they have like curlers that they would go to bed with? No, I think you just had to stick a pencil in there and like manually curl it. No, that can't be. <laughs> That can't be right. <laughs> anyway. Can't be right. This attractive man that you're talking about, Lord John Gray, mm-hmm. this dude definitely wants Jamie to pay his debt in his orifices, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. My gaydar was sounding the alarm. Yeah. My next quote is, apparently Jamie and this guy are friends after he gets him released. His name is John, and he looked like they were going to kiss for about a minute yeah it looked like they were gonna kiss there are some questions that i will connect to this man's gayness okay perfect i'm glad we established his gayness <laughs> gayless is, is still fighting to get a scot on the throne but she is she's not talking about bonnie prince asshole she's actually talking about some new king that she's referring to whoever that is mark me a new king mark me i actually read up on that and apparently that was something that was scripted like the first time that he had a line and he said it he loved saying it so much that the actor just started saying it it was <laughs> like every goddamn thing he said and it's like he could have a catchphrase and you could say it every once in a while and that would be fine but every scene he said mark me and it was getting really irritating but yeah galus is still still fighting to get a scot in the throne she does not know when to quit <laughs> Claire explains that she went back to her time and then returned. Galus doesn't really believe her because she thinks you need to sacrifice some people and throw some gems in a hole to get get back and forth. She explains that the reason she went back is because she was pregnant. And Galus calls her uh, Brianna the 200-year-old baby, which is important later. It is. Now, Claire took like eight full seconds to tell Galus Brianna's name. And I know it was probably because she either was weighing whether to tell the truth or just remembering how much she loved slash missed Brianna because she just like left her in 1968. Mm -hmm. But it reminded me that once I did one of my many escape rooms and we got stuck with this random family. It was a dude, his wife and their horrible, lousy, no good son named Dylan. But the thing is, we asked the wife her name like we were introducing ourselves like, hey, we're going to be doing we're going to be stuck in a room with you. We want to know we're going to be locked in here for an hour. And it took this lady like 15 seconds to say her name. And she eventually was like, Palma. And like, hey, maybe she has a speech impediment and I'm a jerk. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah, but she could have at least come up with a better fake name than Palma. What the heck kind of name is? Palma. Do you think she has a, a speech impediment and she struggled saying her name or she has a speech impediment and she struggled coming up with a new name? The latter. Definitely the latter. There's no way this lady is named Palma and she has a speech impediment. The odds of that are like one in seven trillion and there's not many people <laughs> in the earth. So <laughs> uh, you're so mean. <laughs> Palma. <laughs> anyway, so Galas talks about her sacrificed husband and his big cock. <laughs> Listen, I would gladly be murdered by a witch wife, too, if she freely told other people that I had a lovely cock. He was my favorite. He had a wonderful cock. Isn't that every man's dream? 
to just have the person you sleep with go around telling other people that you have a lovely cock kill me yeah i mean yeah. i'd rather not be sacrificed so that she can go well, back in time to know. try and put a new king on the throne or whatever bullshit yeah but if my gravestone said had a lovely cock it's worth it had a lovely cock and a crazy wife mm-hmm. oh boy and then claire is like you don't need to sacrifice people you stupid bitch <laughs> Just go through the stone. So at this point, Gayla seems like she's starting to kind of trust Claire, but also seems super sketchy. But she's starting to be a little nice, but retires for the evening. So Claire takes this opportunity to try and escape the house. And she does see Ian being carried by many more large men out in the yard. And as she's trying to get outside, she runs into Jamie. Because, of course, Jamie has to show up and save her because she's a stupid idiot. Yep. They uh, they follow them and find some kind of weird ceremony in the woods where a bunch of people are banging on drums and dancing around a fire with masks and wearing a crocodile head. And it's all very intense. David, if we see another piece of media in a row with a man wearing a dangerous animal on their head, I am out. Enough of the wild animals. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we had bears on heads. <laughs> bears on heads, crocs on heads. It's ridiculous. I wonder what boogie nights will have. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> They're sitting watching this ceremony and Claire kind of has some flashbacks to the first night she was up at Craig Nadoon and the witches were dancing around the stone. It looks very similar. Yep. Wallaby is here, whoever that is, but they do get captured and Wallaby's like, no, nah, nah, they're with me. Relax. And everyone's like, oh, OK, cool. Don't know who Wallaby is. He's a small Asian man. I thought his name was Willoughby. Is it Willoughby? Yeah, wallabies are things that are found in Australia. Willoughby it is. I did just watch a show about Australia. That's probably why I'm saying Wallaby. Will Wallaby is here. <laughs> Wallaby is here with uh, with Margaret Campbell. They're in love. She sees him for who he is, and he sees her, and she's some kind of witchy seer lady. Who the hell are these people? No idea. So they ask Margaret about Ian to see if she's seen anything. And then she just fucking goes off the rails. <laughs> she starts speaking really weird, and she tells Jamie that she sees him, like, in a, amongst a pile of the dead. I see the rabbit. And then she talks to Claire about something. I don't know. Oh, about the bird in the window. And then she calls them mother and father. Mm-hmm. So what? Now, now is she channeling Brianna? Or here's a crazy thought. Is she channeling Faith, which uh-huh. is their dead child that miscarried? Craziness. But then she says, Abandoway. <laughs> and we soon realize that Abandoway is the, the place that is the Cregnadoon of Jamaica. It's the, the other portal. I have instantly had enough of budget Gollum here. I just want to make sure because I don't know. I just Googled. That's the weird little puke green shrimpy guy from Lord of the Rings, right? Yes. The one that looks like a Planet Fitness Shrek. My precious. Yeah. Listen, bold statement. Speaking of Lord of the Rings. Outlander is just Lord of the Rings for people who have actually had sex beforehand. Interesting. Mark that down. Mark me. (laughs) Before she can finish whatever shit she's doing, her brother shows up and is like, you're coming with me. Then Wallaby just kills him. Snaps his neck. Done. I like Wallaby already. But before he dies, he does tell us about a prophecy that states that the new king of Scotland will rise on the day a 200-year-old baby is sacrificed. And we're like, oh, shit, Galus is after Brianna. David, there's an alligator man. People are doing the Bernie. This old Quaker Oats-looking motherfucker just beat this Tourette's lady with a stick. What is going on in this episode? And then the small Asian man just fucking <laughs> cracks his head right off. Oh, it's great. Uh, and then all the all the crazy dancing folk huddle around him and just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> his dead body laying on the ground is all very intense. Yeah, remember how I thought the last part was wild? 
This lady yeah. just ate the neck out of chicken while a little John remix of Who Let the Dogs Out played. Uh-huh. What is going on? It's insane. But they do realize that if Galus is after Brianna, that she's probably going to be heading to the portal. So that's why they need to get to a band away so that they can figure out what's going on and stop Galus. So they get there and Jamie starts fighting Galus's manservant Hercules. And Claire chops off Galus's head, just slices and dices her. Wow. I will tell you this. I did not have Claire slicing off Galus's head in a Jamaican cave on my season three bingo card. Nope. <laughs> definitely not. I will say that the uh, the props crew didn't do a great job making the half beheaded head of Galus on the ground actually look like Galus. It no. didn't. It didn't look great. But yeah, and then Claire has a little bit of like a a flashback of looking at some bones and a dude saying, yeah, this lady had her head nearly chopped off. So she must have been inquiring about Galus in the future. Yeah, so that means her cutting off Galus's head was always going to happen since she saw the lopped off skull in the future. And Mm -hmm. those are the time travel rules I'm into. None of this changing the past nonsense. I love when things are like set in stone and like they were always going to happen. Even if you don't think they're going to happen. She didn't go into that cave thinking she was going to cut off Gaelic. Yes. It was just always it was always destined to be that. This has happened a few times now where I think that the idea here, it was already known that Claire would go into the past, even though the past has already happened in the future. Yep. Like even Culloden. The idea that people died on Culloden more, and we thought that they were trying to stop that the whole time. But was Claire going back actually what caused what happened at Culloden more? And if she didn't interact, would they w- win the war? We don't know. Yeah. Yep. So who knows? It's all it's all very intense, but it, it further makes me annoyed with all the shit that Claire thinks she can change in the future mm-hmm. when it's proven already numerous times that there's no way you're changing what you think the future is. Exactly. What what you're doing is actually causing the things that you don't want to cause. Yes. Yep. But then is her thought that she is going to try and change them what is actually causing them and then if she didn't actually think she could change them then they wouldn't have happened in the future to begin with craziness but they rush to amanda way and they take galus's head off so it's all good yep so jamie is tending to ian because ian was who galus was going to sacrifice for this trip even though claire already told her she didn't have to do that but she still likes to do it Yep, just to be safe. <laughs> but at this point, Claire kind of turns around and the portal's almost like calling to her, like she's slowly walking towards it, like she doesn't have any control. And then Jamie kind of stops her. Part of the conversation that Claire and Galus had, which I thought was interesting, was they discussed the fact that the idea that Claire is able to go through the portal because she has someone kind of calling her from the other side. Mm. And I think before that that was Frank, and now that is Brianna. And it's always been Jamie on this side. So it's kind of odd. So I don't know if like that is something to do with Brianna needs help from the monster or whatever that bullshit lady, crazy lady was talking about. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. And and maybe that's why Claire doesn't have to sacrifice anything or bring any rocks or whatever, like have rocks in her pocket. Maybe Galus does because there's nobody calling her back to the past. Galus is forcing it. Claire doesn't have to. I like it. Yeah. They decide they're going to head back to Scotland. Like, fuck this. Claire has some PTSD from cutting Galus's head off. And they're just like, okay, whatever. Let's get out of here. Let's go back to Scotland. So they're on a ship now. Claire and Jamie fuck. And he narrates the whole thing while they're doing it, which is just the creepiest. I could have done without that for sure. I got to be honest. I got a mild direction. And no, you don't get erections while you do these things. Well, I think that's what Gabaldon and crew wanted, right? Huh? Huh? 
Like you only make a scene like that to make blood rush to a man's penis or so the women have sopping wet panties. And I guess that's what every creator of anything wants. Sopping wet panties? No, well, they just they want the person consuming their creation's body to do something. They want you to feel. They want, Yeah, they want you to smile, laugh, cry, ejaculate. If I've made you do any of those things with this podcast, I've succeeded. Hopefully all of them. Yeah, all at once, all at the same time. All of them at once. <laughs> Laughing, crying, and jerking it. Yep. <laughs> Well, I wasn't that's, that's I what didn't, Let's be clear, David. I didn't jerk it. I'm saying I got a mile direction. I got a half boner. Yes. I'm surprised you got any boner mm-hmm. because I know I know how your penis works. Yeah, I didn't like unfortunately. it. Unfortunately, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't happy about it. Like I was mad at my boner, my half boner. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Outlander. No, but like, you motherfucker. I'm, I'm watching regular TV. I'm watching Netflix. I don't want to have an erection. They got you. Jamie, that big buff boy got you. Yeah. He got you real good. Yep. That's great. <laughs> now I know. Now I know what gets what gets Michael all revved up. You know what I didn't like about it? I didn't like that he had shaving cream on his face and they were like kissing. Oh, and they were kissing in the beginning. Oh, like, dude, wipe it off your face first. Oh, my God. It made me so mad. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I was immediately thinking like, oh, man, he hates this. Oh, they're, they're finally clean. Uh. <laughs> well, they're done fucking and a storm is brewing outside. And then that storm gets really intense really fast. <laughs> And Jamie is out holding the wheel as t- hard as he can with what looks to be Fergus, if I caught it correctly. And Jamie told Claire to stay below deck, but she went up anyway because she doesn't listen to anything he ever says ever. Ever. She doesn't listen to anything anyone says ever. When will she learn that she doesn't know how the 1400s work <laughs> and Jamie does? So fucking listen to him. <laughs> the 1400s. <laughs> She keeps on doing this. She thinks she knows, and then she gets into trouble. Yep. And then Jamie has to save her. Mm-hmm. The reason Jamie got raped by Randall is because Claire couldn't fucking listen. It's true. It drives me crazy. The day I watched this scene, I texted Michael and I said, one of these days, I would just want Claire to be walking home or something. And Jamie tells her to go one way and she thinks she knows better and goes the other way and just gets mauled by a bear and dies. And that's it. That's it. That's the way it ends. Unceremoniously, she just didn't listen again. And this time it got her. Jamie wasn't there to save her. Well, guess what happens? The ship starts to fall apart and Jamie is like, everyone get below deck. But Claire still is above deck. And then surprise, a big wave comes, knocks her clear off the fucking boat. And where does she fall? Well, well, right in the mast that fell down and with all the ropes and everything. And she gets tangled in the ropes and she gets yanked down to the bottom of the sea. Mm-hmm. And now we have our opening scene. Yep. But this time at the very end of it, we see far off a diving Jamie swimming towards her to save her. He kisses her to give her his oxygen which i don't think that really i i know that that in theory works but i think it would be hard pressed to actually work yeah and then he frees her he cuts her free and they swim back up to the surface she is fully unconscious but the sun starts to come out and we're like oh it's over thank goodness they'll be fine i hated so much of this part so much of it so implausible but them surfacing on a calm sea 30 seconds after the biggest storm was just pure cockamamie. Like they get up from above the water and it's just like calm. Like what happened? Yes and no. So I agree. It's not it's not like completely calm, but it's much calmer than it was. But as the camera pans out, we see that we're in the eye of the storm. Yeah. And I think that honestly, scientifically, I do think that as the eye of the storm <sighs> travels over I the know. sea, it is much calmer in that area. But like, what are the odds, though? Well, I mean, they're not great, but it's a TV show. What are the odds that she touches a stone and goes back 200 years? Okay, fine. But the other thing, if Claire and Jamie can survive on a goddamn Ikea shelf, it makes me even more matter that Rose didn't let Jack 
up on the door thing Titanic. <laughs> that bitch you better throw that gem into the ocean you stupid whore there was plenty of room on that giant door yeah this thing was so small and they both survived spoiler alert yeah so we do pan out to see the eye of the storm and then we see jamie awaken on a beach and he frantically starts looking for claire and finds her she looks like she's dead but then she coughs up some shit and she's awake and alive and perfectly fine just perfectly fine. Perfectly it, fine. No big deal. Perfectly fine. And then a little a little girl and her family run up and are like, oh, my God. So they run up and they're like, whoa, people on the beach that could have died. Why the fuck are these people here? <laughs> Where did they come from? They're just having a beach day, man. They're just having a nice beach day. And then they come across a dead hunky boy and a bitchy woman lying yeah. on the beach. In like 25 minutes, they're going to eat a PB&J and they go to the arcade. That makes sense. Yeah. Maybe have some Italian ice. Yeah. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the family finds them and tells them that they're in Georgia. Wow. And the rest of the boat is fine. They are fine-ish. There were survivors. It's, it's four miles away down the coast. They're in Georgia. They're in America now. And they seem really excited about it. I don't know why. <laughs> David, next season, it's going to be a blast. Here comes the American Revolution. And with that comes my American Revolution porn. It's the next set in the series here is the first one in the series here comes the american revolution no but you know what beyond american revolution let's just do a whole americana series just early america give me the may deflowered give me the decoration of annie pantsless give me plymouth cock i am ready for the americana porn i am willing to bet all of that exists already you think the decoration of annie pantsless exists? okay not that one <laughs> that one is a little outrageous <laughs> Starring John Hancock. <laughs> Stupid. His name doesn't even need to change. Basically, doesn't even need to change. You just put a D. You just, did a, uh, just you a D. A, and you honestly, you don't even D. need it. Hancock is still true. Is still a sexual thing. But <laughs> I digress. But yeah, that's Outlander season three. It is. Now, we have so many questions, as always, with Outlander. But before mm -hmm. we get into them, let's get down and dirty with the center commercial. Ooh, let's do it. Bow chicko center commercial. Get ready. It's about to get sexy in here. Sexier than it already was? Sexier than it already was. For nearly 20 years, Love Honey have been the sexual happiness people, working to make a fun, fulfilling sex life available to anyone. Don't just take our word for it. With nearly 70 awards to their name, there's a reason Love Honey's customers come back time and time again. And that's comeback, C-O-M-E. Not the other comeback, because that's just a shower waiting to happen. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your experience, orientation, spice level, gender, or size is. Love Honey has what you need to feel and be sexy. Their in-house design teams work closely with customers to create the toys, sexy outfits, and accessories you need for mind-blowing fun. Whether you're riding solo or playing with a partner. Do you want to have the type of sex where you slowly narrate your lovemaking as you describe how round your partner's ass is? Because I do. Or maybe you just want to stick stuff up there. Either way, we're super excited to be teaming up with Love Honey to give you 10% off your next purchase. Just click the link in the episode description to claim your exclusive discount. Stay sexy, my friends. All right, we have many, 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 many questions from Reddit about the center. But before we get into those Reddit questions, we have a very special question. Oh, shit, you're right. Sing me a tune of an Ed that is soon. It's time for Edward Truck. So Edward Truck has a question for us, our returning guest. 
if time travel were real, is the best use of it to stop the creators of Lost from producing that boring, unbearable show? Or have Michael continue with his sad, failed rap career? Mm, going down. Listen up, Mr. Truck. I tried to be merciful, but now this shit is personal. I'm pissed off like a urinal. You don't even exist. Creed said you were decapitated. Me, I'm over-caffeinated, and I'm very agitated. So just sit back and hate it, and go get vaccinated. Where do you get off? And I don't mean where you masturbated. I ain't exaggerating, and your girl ejaculated. There's my eight bars. <laughs> but now it's back to David. Oh, wow. <laughs> Screw you, Mr. Ed Truck. I don't hate when you rap and it's not about me personally. I don't hate Lost personally. That's obvious. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, Ed Truck. Thank you, Ed. We love you. Come back many times. Or at least I love you. I'm not speaking for Michael. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Let's get into those Reddit questions. Our first set of questions is from Nidal There, returning asker. Our first one from Nidal There. What does Fergus lose while trying to protect Jamie? I have to hand it to myself for not spoiling this during your recap, David, but I noticed it. He's got one of them wooden hands like Chubbs and Happy Gilmore. I completely missed that. Yeah. So sadly, he lost a hand. I said his penis. <laughs> it's not that. I'm sticking with it. Nope. Go watch it. Go. He watch lost you. his hand and something else. Fighting off that alligator that that dude killed and put on his head. <laughs> you do see it for half a second. He did lose a hand. One nothing me. Next question. Same user. Who is Coco? The rabbit that Jamie saw in Culloden Moor. <laughs> After Bonton, I'm not making this mistake again. Monton? Bonton. Bouton, okay. Bouton. Isn't Coco Ice-T's wife? Coco Chanel or whatever? Yeah, I don't really follow the post-rap careers of 90s hitmakers, but in the context of the show, I hope this doesn't come off as culturally insensitive. It's gonna. But Coco, it sounds like a black woman. Hot chocolate. And we are in Jamaica. We see many black women. I think she's one of the village ladies that Claire meets and uses to try to find we Ian. Uh, if you think that this is a real person, then I'm going to change my answer to a chick that Jamie fucks. Okay, cool. <laughs> what does Jamie leave behind at Hellwater? Based on upcoming questions, I'm guessing that Hellwater is a prison. Son of a bitch. You're right. And I think that he leaves his wedding ring. More on that later. Oh, I said that it was his his family brooch thing that he carries around. Family brooch thing? The, the dragonfly? His little family crest and saying on it. Ah, okay. Maybe. The only thing I can think of is E Pluribus Unum, but I know that's not it. <laughs> yep. E Pluribus Unum. He has a dollar bill in his pocket. Uh-huh. Back then, that would have been worth a lot. Next question, same user. Who is A, Malcolm, and what does she or he do for work? She works for Galus as kind of like a headhunter or like a bounty hunter type of thing. Mm, like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, just like Dog. And she ends up sleeping with Jamie. So I connected this with a later question. So I'm either going to crush this or fail miserably. In short, though, I think it's Willoughby, and he is a doctor slash caretaker for that weird bitch with the Macy Gray voice. They tried to say goodbye, but that dude croaked. <laughs> he is her caretaker. Interesting. Why is Ian kidnapped? Now, I assume we're referring to we, Ian. I still can't figure this out, though. Galus didn't seem to need him until she found out about Claire and Bree. But finding out about that seemed like happenstance. So what the hell was she doing with him before that? Was she just going to sacrifice him anyway just to make herself feel whole from her earlier witch trial sacrifice? That's all I got. I don't know. She was looking for a new husband with a lovely cock. Ah. And I think she just has an obsession with Ian and had him abducted. Okay. 
Same user. Next question. Does Claire like turtle soup? Nope. So turtle soup is a delicacy. And I use that term mockingly that Claire learned to make while hoofing it with her uncle as a kid. And when her and crew crew being Jamie Ferguson wife and love of my life, Murtaugh, when they're hard up for food <laughs> on the road or boat, she makes turtle soup. And the aftermath of that, I will connect to another question. Tease. Interesting. Where, why, and how many times does Claire get separated yet again from Jamie? Jamaica for one, because Claire's looking for wee Ian and Jamie was in trouble. Two, when she falls into the water off the side of the boat because she's clumsy and there's a big wave. And three, in Scotland somewhere, because people think she's a witch again and she runs away three times. I Similar to you, I said four times, twice in Scotland, once the one time in Jamaica, and then on the boat. All of them are just because she never listens. Nope, she never listens. Ever. Next set of questions is from Crazy Horse 198 Who wants to know whether Fergus has a cock and why? Jamie. He's asking after he thinks he lost it. I went back and forth on this, David, but I actually think it's Jamie as well. And hear me out. After Fergus loses his hand protecting Jamie, he's blubbering like a wee little baby or misogynistically a girl. Oh, and he just yells, have you, have you lost your cock? Yeah, Claire's trying to fix him up the best she can for the 1700s. And, and Jamie's finally just like, Fergus, do you have a cock or what, boy? Yep. <laughs> Crazy Horse also asks, which two characters does Jamie reunite with in prison? God, I hope one of them is Murtaugh. Me too. That dude better be alive. But I don't think that's it. Well, that's one of them, but we're running out of other people that Jamie knows that are still alive. Yeah, they're all dead, basically. <laughs> How about Cousin Jared? That's who I'm going with. Cousin Jared and Murtaugh. Interesting. I said Bonnie Prince Charlie and that dumb quartermaster John. That fucking asshole. Quartermaster John. It was the big fat dude in all ah, the discussions. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Who okay. always thought he knew what he was talking about, and Jamie would be like, gotcha. you're an idiot. Why is a quartermaster giving their two cents when they're worth 25? I don't know. That's why I don't. I have no idea. Nope. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. Ugh. Next question. Same user. Who does Jamie marry when Claire is away? Marsali. Uh, I went with Sandy, and she's a nice old Scottish woman. Didn't Ken much else about her, but. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I'm so sick of them saying Dinah Ken. I hate it. Stupid, stupid. They do say it a lot. Same user. Why does Claire talk to a coconut? I think when she is island hopping, trying to find Wee Ian, she's at her wit's end and she uses it like a magic eight ball, just trying to find the answer of what to do next slash where to go. I think she somehow gets high on some serious Jamaican drugs and starts talking to a coconut. All right, maybe. Yeah. Jamaica known for their their herb. Mm -hmm. Last question from Crazy Horse 198. Who receives a pearl necklace as a Christmas gift? Brianna from Roger, probably. Yeah, you dirty, dirty creatures trying to goad me into making some filthy innuendo. I won't do it. I refuse. I've done it enough already. I think, though, I agree with David. I think Roger gives it to Brie, and I think that it's actually the fancy necklace, not the other thing. Oh, Rezarine is back. I love you, Rezarine. More questions from Rezarine. Who is Joe Abernathy? That name sounds so damn familiar. I feel like there's so many characters in other shows and movies that are named Abernathy. I thought the same thing. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I've yeah. like, is this a person that we've met in the past? I don't think so, though. I think I'm I just, don't think so either. I think I'm just confusing it with another show or movie. But anyway, my guess is that's the name of the person who captains the ship that takes Claire from Scotland to Jamaica and surrounding islands. Hmm. 
See, I was thinking this is someone from the future because of the name Joe. Yeah, Joe is a very futuristic name. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I just feel right. like if it was someone in the past, it would have been Joseph. Yeah, so it's probably someone from the 60s. Okay, who is it? So maybe like one of Brianna's college professors or something like that. Okay. Or someone Claire befriends in the future. Yeah, that's a good thought. I like that. Good logic. Hmm. Next question, Rizarine. Where do Jamie and Lord John meet? A brothel in Jamaica called Jerk Meat. <laughs> Jerk meat. Oh, man. You win, David. That is excellent. <laughs> Gaydar alert. I think they met come high or hell water or whatever that phrase is. But I think in that prison, hell water, I think they become friends and Jamie even leaves his wedding ring with him. I think you're right. I think even in one of my later questions, I actually referenced that. I think that that's probably where they met. What is a bond away? That's that song from the Matilda movie by Rusted Root, right? Abandoe. Yeah, when she's just like got the books all flowing or flying around shit. Uh, no, I think it's the cave with the timey wimey portal. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's Jamaica's Craignadoon. Yep, lock it in. That's an easy one. Next question, same user. What is Mr. Willoughby's real name? I think that he he chose Mr. Willoughby to try and hide his Asian descent, like to like not be overly Asian. Okay. <laughs> So, unfortunately, as racist as it sound, my guess would be like a, a Lee or Chen or something like that. And like he didn't want to like stand out too much. So he changed his names like a lot of immigrants do. OK, I went with a Malcolm, as I talked about earlier, and I think that he works for the crazy woman. What do you think the A stands for? Alabaster. Oh, wow. <laughs> OK, so last question from Rezarine. Who does Lord Ellesmere try to kill? Jamie. And I think that's how Fergus loses his hand. I'm feeling pretty confident with this one. So I think Lord Ellesmere tries to kill Margaret, the seer, because the Lord doesn't like what she saw in them. Ah. Next set of questions is from unknown 2345610. First one, according to Fergus, how do you seduce a woman? Tell them you don't have a penis. You really went with that one. Oh, yeah. I'm like triple it down. Let me preface this with I think he says this after he loses his hand when he's talking about how sucky it is to lose his hand. And let me also preface this by saying that I don't agree with him, but we've never seen him go to school. So I don't think he's terribly smart. He's a nice boy, but just not the brightest. <laughs> I think he says, have you ever held a bowling ball, my lord? There's a hole for every finger. And now I have no fingers. <laughs> okay. Interesting. I don't know they had bowling in the 1400s, but fine. They did. It was crude. Very crude. Did they really? I'm glad you at least did your research. Ugh. Unknown, a bunch of numbers also asks, what happens when Claire touches the skull? So we saw a glimpse of this in the finale when she's shaking after cutting off Galus's head. I think that she got that feeling that I get when I've been laying down on the couch for like seven hours watching football, like the fat piece of shit that I am, and I get up too fast and everything's black and I fall on the ground. I think that's what she <laughs> felt when she touched the skull. I thought that she she like kind of foresees Galus's death mm. when she touched the skull. I don't know if she knew it was her. Next question, same user. Why does Sandy hate Claire? Because she can never be Claire. Every girl in this whole show is vying for Jamie's love, mm -hmm. and he doesn't love any of them because they're not Claire. So Sandy is Leary part two. Yep. Part eight or nine. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you, but I think it's I think she was actually married to Jamie. And when Claire comes back, he drops the girl and goes back with his sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Another question from unknown. What kind of pie does Brianna give Roger after Claire leaves? You dirty, dirty bastards. We all know it, but I won't say it. Instead, 
I'm going with blueberry and brie pie, her namesake. Now, I mentioned this on a guest spot on our friends over at the Unearthed Gems podcast, but once my wife and I ate an entire block of melted brie, and I had to take a two-hour nap in the middle of the day, I thought I was going to die. Never eat more than two ounces of brie at once. That is my factoid for all of you, but I think she makes blueberry and brie pie. I've had a lot of brie at once. I've been fine. And I know that you wouldn't go here, but I will. She gave him her meat pie. Oh, I thought you were going to say cream pie. You know, her cupcake, Mm. her honey pot, Mm. her banana basket, if you may. You're probably right. Probably. Next question, same user. What is the Batman and Outlander connection? Claire is always fucking up like Robin and Jamie. Batman has to save her. Ah, I know very little about Batman slash comics in general. I am not a Marvel or DC guy. I'm a different kind of nerd. I'm rooted in reality. Yeah. Lost. Yeah. <laughs> My friend. Fine. I think that Batman's parents died and he becomes rich and saves people. Fergus has entered the chat. His parents died, hence his orphan status. He dressed like a rich dude in the f- scene in the finale that we see. And we know he tried to save Jamie. So that's all I got. Down with comic books. Read a novel like an adult. But the answer is Fergus. I mean, when I guess when you think about it, like Jamie's parents also died and then he became rich and powerful and beautiful looking. He is beautiful looking. How many kids does Jamie have? Two, but not the way that you think. I think the answer is Bree. And I think that he officially adopts Fergus. My guess is five. Wow. Fergus. I agree with you that he like officially adopts Fergus. Uh, Brie, obviously. And then I think that his sister and her husband, Ian, have died. And he is now the caretaker of all three of their children, including Ian. Ah, okay. So neither of us think that he has any other kids outside of Claire. Mm-hmm. Next question, same user. What does the Bakra bathe in? Blood. Yes. Obviously, it's the only thing they could, they could bathe in. That's the answer. I said blood as well. Bakra sounds like a Caribbean word, linguistically, not Scottish mm-hmm. or French. And they probably sacrificed a goat. Or maybe this is a trick question, and Bakra is a pet that gets sprayed by a skunk, and the answer is tomato sauce. But no, nah, I'm sticking with blood. It just sounds cooler. The answer is blood. Maybe Bakra means the chicken that they sacrifice at the end and it is bathed in blood because they bit its neck out. Maybe. Our last question from Unknown. Why does Jamie swim to Silky's Island? What is he hoping to find there? And what does he actually find? At first, I was thinking island. Oh, easy. In the Caribbean. But the name Silky sounds more French or Scottish to me. Mm. And there was also a reference by Galus to Claire looking for treasure. And why else would you ever want to swim to a little island in Europe unless you're looking for pirate treasure? This has the Curse of Oak Island written all over it. Yes, I know the Curse of Oak Island is Nova Scotia, but still, I love to hate Oak Island. It's the best, worst show of all time. It makes me so mad that I can't stop watching it. I know I'm sidetracked, but yeah, he's looking to find treasure. He finds a dead dude instead, the body of John B.'s dad from Outer Banks. (laughs) (laughs) And then while he sees this dead person... The British Navy happens to drive by and they're like, hmm, you killed him. And bam, that's why they scoop him up. And somewhere in that incoherent rambling was an answer. I promise. Cool. I think that he hears about an additional potential portal on the island. So he swims there hoping to find Claire. But instead, he finds Marsali, the woman who he eventually marries. Wow. Not what I would have thought, but okay. The next question is from Automans. How many people get shot? Why slash who shoots them and do they die? Two, Bonnie, Prince, Charlie and John, the quartermaster. (laughs) They are traitors and they get shot by the Redcoats 
as traitors and they both die. All right. So we agree that we're not counting Rupert and all the other Scots at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Minus them. I got two as well. Different two people. I think one of them is old Ian. He gets killed by the British protecting Lollybrock. The second, I think, is Claire. Now, she gets shot while she's on the run with Jamie because he's always wanted for something or other. She obviously doesn't die, but I'll explain my answer better during the next I know question. what you're going to say. Yeah, because it, it makes sense. Oh, man. Yep. Next question. I'll answer it fully. Next question was asked by Penny Scent, and it is, why does Jamie stab Claire in the ass? Because Claire got popped in her round buttocks. She has Jamie cut out the little musket ball. Boom. It makes so much sense. Tell me why else he'd stab her in the butt in a non-sexual way. It's not possible. Who said it wasn't non-sexual? She just wants to try anal. No, I am right. They're getting bored. No. Nope. He stabs mm-hmm. the musket ball out of her butt because she got shot in the butt. It's a good answer. Yeah. Smart. I'm a smart man. Didn't think of jerk meat, but smart. <laughs> <laughs> Next question from Penny Sent. Who is Geneva Dunsany? A chick that Jamie sleeps with. I think it's Lord John Gray's fake wife. More on that later. Oh. Penny Sent also asks, how does Claire meet Archibald Campbell? So I'm fairly certain this is the guy at the end who the chicken neck biters beat the brakes off of. Mm-hmm. I think that Claire meets him when she's referred to go see Margaret to try to suss out where young Ian is. They have the same last name. So obviously there's some connection there. I have more thoughts later, though. I think at this point, Claire knows that Galus is the one who took Ian. But I am on the exact same wavelength as you. She is looking for Galus, so she, it leads her to a seer to try and determine where Galus is, and that is Margaret Campbell, Archibald's sister. Got it. Next question, same user. Who does young Ian mistake Claire for? His mother. Yeah, I went with his mother, Jenny. They have dark hair. They both have an affinity for Jamie. They both have stubborn-ass attitudes. Mm-hmm. Even though, though, I've watched the two full seasons everybody dies i feel like i know nobody anymore so i i'm left with these shitty ass guesses yeah it was a really hard time like answering some of these questions because we don't know anybody i feel like most of the people we know are dead 100 all right our next set of questions from periwinkle madness what important medicine does claire bring back with her i had to do a little research on this outside of the show of course i went with refamprin which is one of the leading treatments for tuberculosis Now, TB was basically the leading cause of death in the late 1700s, early 1800s Scotland. Refamperin came out like three years before Claire left in the season two finale. And being the smart person that she is, sometimes, she thought, hey, if I'm going back, why not bring something that could help me in case I encounter tuberculosis? Maybe I'm giving her too much credit, but that's what I got. Interesting. That's not a bad answer. I said uh, uh, Band-Aids. I don't know that Band-Aids is a medicine, but, you know, not a- maybe she brings both. Neosporin. <laughs> Band-Aids were invented in 1928, interestingly enough. Flintstones vitamins. All right. Next question. Where is Jamie living when Claire comes back? Inverness. I think that his whole life is waiting for Claire to potentially come back, and that's the closest place to Craignadoon. There's a question coming up in like two questions that calls back to this in my mind. But after doing time, he comes out of prison with his new buddy, John Gray. And John Gray is a rich dude who takes him in and lets him live with him. He's living with John Gray. Where? In some place in Scotland. Okay. Some fancy place that I don't know the name of. Cool. Who becomes a stinking papist and why? 
let me be real with you. I had to look up what a papist was, even though I have a professional writing degree. I also had to look up what a papist is, and I'm Catholic. Yeah, I'm disappointed in myself. Linguistically, I would have guessed right, like papist, papal. Yeah. I would have guessed a disciple of the Pope, and in a sense, yes. It's it's an archaic pejorative for a Roman Catholic. I got to trust my gut in the future. But that being said, my guess is Murtaugh. We didn't see him in the opener because he got saved by a group of monks, and in being saved, he bought what they were selling. Wow. I think it's Fergus, and I think that he did it specifically so that he could marry his wife in a Roman Catholic church. Ah, okay. Next question, same user. What prison did Jamie do time in, and who becomes his best friend there? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right with this one. You've already nailed it. It's the the prison is hell water, and it's John. He befriends, wink, wink, Lord John Gray, and he even leaves his wedding ring with him. It is hell water. Yep. Our next question from the same user, Periwinkle Madness. Who is Arabella? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the regional company I buy my car insurance through, Arabella? I think this is a trick question, though. I don't think it's a who. I think it's the name of the boat that Claire and Jamie used to get to Jamaica in the first place. I think it's a chick Jamie slept with. You think he slept with so many people. Mm -hmm. You guessed that same thing in the first season, and turns out he had been a virgin until he met Claire. So you're bad at this. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Now he's had a taste of the, the honeypot, and then Claire left, and he was just like, maybe, ready to go. Next question, same user. Who is Mamacita and why does she dislike Claire? A chick that slept with Jamie and she dislikes Claire because she's a better lover. I took six and a half years of Spanish in my life and I can say with full certainty that Mamacita means sexy little tamale woman that all the men want to impregnate. (laughs) And so I think that she had been hooking up with Mr. Fraser. Yes, he also had a side piece. And then poof, Claire dropped out of the proverbial sky and ruined the fun. So that's why she dislikes her. We're on the same page. Same user. Who is Marsali? And who does she marry? Chicken Marsali. I think that's the woman we saw for a split second in the finale. I think she's married to good old Fergus. Ah, I think she's a chick who slept with Jamie and then married Jamie. Maybe. Last set of questions from Reddit is from Wanders Far. Thank you, Wanders Far, for being a repeat offender. Mm-hmm. This is Outlander. So you guys should know the drill by now. Who was forced into sex this season? and by whom two answers for each and also i just want to note that crazy horse 998 also asked something similar so i think ian was forced into sex with galus i think margaret is forced into sex with her brother you done did it gavelden who hurt you david i have the same two answers as you exactly the same exactly the same two i think we might be onto something i think that Gollum lady campbell by her brother archibald we see him beat her with a stick and i think that's why it's cool at the end when he gets curb stomped by the alligator people they can feel that his spirit is corrupt yep and yeah i think the second one is we ian he gets assaulted by galus who is really tilted into villain territory here she was okay the first season but i, I guess that's what happens when a society tries to burn you alive i would probably be a super villain too tbh crushed it wanders also asks and who was maimed and why? Ferga, Ferga, Fergalicious. Lock it in. So I think it was a chick that Jamie slept with. Have you seen him? He maims me every episode. Wow. Next question, same user. Speaking of lost body parts, who chose exile over castration? No one. Fergus chose castration. As a follow-up to the papist answer, I think this is Murtaugh. As I mentioned, papist has a negative connotation. So some other Scots were mad about it and threatened to cut his hearty pecker off. And he decided to go off on some island like Napoleon and Elba. And hopefully we see him again soon. All right. Question from the same user. Who nearly lost their testicles from vomiting so much? Now, in the season two premiere, if you remember, 
Murtaugh arrived in France and complained about how much it smelled like frogs. Mm-hmm. Dude hates amphibians and reptiles. Now, Claire's turtle soup concoction really does a number on our best man, and he throws up a bunch. Poor guy. Not a bad guess. My guess is Bonnie Prince Charlie. I don't think that he was ready for the savagery of war, and I think that someone is recalling what he was doing during the battle, and it was just throwing up like crazy. Maybe. Next question, same user. On the bright side, which character has a menage a trois? Jamie, obviously. He slept with all of these women. I am going with Fergus. I think Marsali, his wife, him, and some other French bimbo who ends up being none other than Geneva Dunsany. Ah, that's who you think it's John's wife? Yep. Hmm. Well, same user. Who knowingly became a gay man's beard? Speaking of, Lord John Gay's wife, Geneva Dunsany. I am bound <laughs> to get one of these right. I think that it is Brianna, and I think that Roger's gay. No way. She offered him her pie, he but he not. didn't take it. Mm, I don't think you're right, but maybe. Maybe. Next question wanders far. If there's a pot of shite on to boil, who can be counted on to stir it like it's God's work? Obviously, Claire. She stirs up everything all the time. Yeah, Claire is the answer. I actually called her a shit stirrer last episode, so this question was locked in for me. The crew was doing just fine before she dropped in originally, and Jamie was doing grand before she came out of nowhere again. Just stay home, girl. (laughs) Just die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, last question from Wanders Far. Name all of Claire's possible ancestors we've met so far. Up to six answers. I gave four. How the fuck am I supposed to do this? You want me to just guess random names? I can guess random names. Sandy. That's one. Geneva Dunsany. Yep. Marsali. That's a stretch. I'm running out of names. Master Raymond. That'd be a trip. <laughs> that would be a trip. I have to come up with two more names. Gross. Mm-hmm. Shisha and Lord Drazemirland. That was an exercise in futility. <laughs> I really thought one of them was going to be Palma. I went with Shisha instead. <laughs> All right. So I only gave four. And I think they're actually very similar to yours. Arabella, Mamacita, Marsali, and Geneva. All of the women that Jamie has slept with. Ooh, wow. How are they related? Are they all her grandmothers? You can't have multiple grandmothers, David. <laughs> well, I mean, you can have two I have two grandmothers. How many grandmothers do you have? <laughs> I think I think you can only have two grandmothers. You can only have one or two grandmothers. One if you're like if you live in Kentucky and two if you live everywhere else. You can have four grandmothers. How? If you both of your grandparents are lesbians. Okay, but they're not biologically. You're, unless there's some like the sperm had to come from someone other than the second grandmother. Correct, but if your mother was adopted, you wouldn't consider her fam- her parents your grandparents? No, I would consider the person who actually provided the sperm to make me my grandfather. But you wouldn't consider the women who raised your mother your grandmother? I'd call them my step-grandmother. No, that's not right. If your mother was adopted as a baby to a lesbian couple, you wouldn't consider both of those women your grandmothers? I would call them grandmother, but they're not scientifically by grandmother yes they are not scientifically i think they are colloquially they are okay but you could still have multiple grandmothers then i guess i mean i can i can eat multiple fucking candy bars in a day and that's not healthy for me good analogy (laughs) cool man you really negotiated that point well oh were you on a debate team or something that was unreal i could i i mean i i could also eat some candy bars All right. Well, those were the (laughs) questions for the middle of season three of Outlander. 
That was hard. That was by far the hardest set of questions we've ever had. I think it's just because at the very end of last season, everyone died. That's exactly what it is. And even more of the people died in the in the first part. Like Rupert was one of the few people we knew left and he died and Randall died. Yeah. Like, who do we know? We don't know. So it's like, we know Claire, we know Bree, and we know Jamie. That's that like it. <laughs> Pretty much. It was rough. Pretty much. All right, David. The only thing left to hit up here before we close up shop is the all-important center counts. Sing me a center counts. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to give it a four. Kind of middle of the road for me. I didn't mind the fact that like a change of scenery. We've been in the in Europe for so long. It's kind of cool to go to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. I think having kind of the time travel stuff a little bit more locked in, I feel like, is kind of nice. And the sex part was good, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to go three out of seven. And I think it's it's just diminishing returns. Like, I didn't enjoy the first episode of the season. We wanted to see Claire back in Scotland as foolish of a decision as it was. I could imagine the show like dragging that out, though. And the drowning scene involved such a suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And it was jarring, to be honest, to be all of a sudden in Jamaica and not know you're in Jamaica. And I get like that's a function of what we do, but I'm only grading the ends. So here we are. Yeah, I guess I'm intrigued with being in America next season, if only because I'll hear less people saying dinner Ken. Oh, there's still going to be plenty of dinner Kens. Don't you worry. <sighs> one thing I wanted to mention in season one and two also, and I forgot, but I, it reminded me this season is I do appreciate the literary aspect, which to me was very notable with Claire's little speech as she was drowning. Obviously, I haven't read the book, but I'm guessing it sounded like it was ripped word for word from the book, just the way that it was written. Yeah, I bet. And I, I dig that. I think I just talked myself into four out of seven. Yeah, I've talked myself. I'm in four out of seven. I like the literary aspect. I like that we're in America now. Like you said, I like that we're getting more of the time travel logistics and how like nothing actually can change. Things are already predetermined. So yeah, I, I'm at four out of seven. I'm definitely interested to see how America's going to go. For sure. Now, David, that was a lot as it always is when we cover Outlander. But what do we have coming up? Coming up next, guys, is something very exciting. It is going to be coming out October 6th, and it is episode 69. (laughs) That's the noise I make when I'm 69. Why? Hold on. That sounds a lot like you were just sucking on a fetus. That's the noise that other people make (laughs) when I'm 69ing with them. Uh, (laughs) We're going to be covering Boogie Nights because we wanted something kind of sexual that is cool for 69ing. And all that I know about Boogie Nights is it involves a porn star named Mark Wahlberg. Yep. But before that, next week, we're going to be doing a center chat. We are going to be discussing if we would rather live in Scotland or Jamaica. And we're going to try to be not racist at all. Yeah, that's going to be a blast. And I'm excited for Boogie Nights, episode 69. We have come a long way. We have come a long way. And I'm going to come a long way. (laughs) Oh, one thing I wanted to mention, David. Yeah. Is... We're recording this in a couple days. I don't know when it's going to air, but keep your ears peeled. We recorded Midsummer with Chris Fafalius. We're going to be on his show, One Hit Thunder. He invited us on, and boy, howdy, we're talking about Hoopa Steak. <laughs> I can't fucking wait to talk about Hoopa Steak. <laughs> so you should probably subscribe to the show, One Hit Thunder, if you haven't, because we're going to be on there. Yeah. Keep an eye out for us. We'll keep you posted, obviously. 
Yes, yes, we will. As always, if you have feedback and your name is not Ed Truck, send it to thecentercutcast at gmail.com. If you have your your feedback and your name is Edward Truck, then market is important. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and most importantly, Instagram at the Center Cut. That's where we're posting all of our center chat discussions, all that fun stuff. So hit up our Instagram, but hit up all the other stuff too while you're at it. Yes, please. Thank you all so much for being here. You're the best. Like the time between Jamaica and Georgia. It's always better in the center. Mm-hmm.